Good morning, everyone. Today, Bezat Hashem, we'll be learning Daf Chafbez in Maseches Ksubos. All right, Birnbaum learned in the new house with me yesterday, and he prevailed upon me to start three lines up from the bottom of Chafala from Bez. Sorry, Miss, yesterday was very hectic, but yes, the new house is about to hopefully at one point be ready. The lights were on, so we learned there. Okay, so he told me that he doesn't want you got to miss a minute of Chaf Beis So we're not going to cheat. We're going to give a little extra. We're going to oh, under-promise and over-deliver. How's that, Andrew? Yeah. That's how many people you need. right? In order to be Mekayim Vistar, as you may have learned, who did you turn on last night? Rabari uh, Leibowitz, uh, the great Tafyomi master? Okay, so you guys resulted to some real divrei Torah yesterday. So on Chaf Aleph, you discuss that you need three people to be Mekayim Sashtar. Right, Dayanim. You don't do, it's not like Adim. It's like a Bezdin, in essence, right? So what happened if you have three people? They sat down, but Vekara Ar Al Echad Mehen. Hmm. Someone raises a challenge, says one of these judges is not fit. He's not Roy, he's puzzled, he can't be a Dayan. So if the two other judges, right, have not yet signed the star, so then, or the certification of the star, right, because they're trying to certify the star. So if, if it hasn't been signed yet, so So you have those two, right, judges are still considered qualified to testify at another court about what? About the fitness of the third judge amongst them about the fact that he is fit. In other words, you have two of the Dayanim, right? It's three Dayanim. So two of them are going to come now and be two Adim uh, regarding the fitness of the third d- judge. That's if they not yet signed, right? Because in theory, they can always go and get a third judge. In other words, right? David, Barry, and Andrew are uh, signator, are uh, signing. They're all judges. And they're signing on a star in order to in order, to, in order to verify it. If one, if one of their credibility comes into question, then, then the two of them can testify on the third of them. But the point is, that's only if it has not yet been signed. Once it's signed, they lose their credibility. That's what it says. Misha Chasmu. Once they've all signed on the star, and then if one of the three of them is called to question, Ein me'idin alav v'chosem. They cannot have the third judge. They can't testify about him. Why? Because as Rashi says, because now they're biased. The last Rashi in Chafal from Beis, Havalhu no gim beedus. Right, it's an indigius. It's a bias. Shagnai lehem sheishvuim psul bet impossible bedin. What's the bias? They don't want to be seen as the guys that sat with right the nudnik in in judgment. Right, the, th- the third guy makes them look bad. And so, if they've all signed together, it reflects on them. And at that point, they're biased, and they are no longer due to that bias. Uh, eligible to testify on his credibility. Okay, so that's this. So now the Gemara just analyzes and wants to know: Ar Demai. Wait a minute. What kind of what kind of psula are we talking about? What kind of thing have we said about the third dayan to right to uh, diminish his credibility? So Ar de Gazlanusa. If we're saying that he's a Gazlan, then as we arrive at Chaf Bezamadalaf Trey Utreininhu, then wait a minute. There's two witnesses in his favor, right? Saying that he is a goslin, okay? And then, so what are you gonna do? You're gonna say, in our case, right, the case that we brought up, we said that two of the Dayanim 
can actually restore his credibility. Well, the two Dayanim is not enough to restore a man's credibility if you have two Adim saying that he's a goslin, you see. Because it's Trey or Trey, his credibility is still in question. You can't have that person uh, sign. So, okay. So, if that's the case, so then, right? This is the first Rashi and Chafezim et al. Explaining this, right? So, you may say, wait a minute. Why not? It has to be, right, that you have this tray tray, and therefore he's not fit because it's still fully in question. Okay. What if it wasn't the fact that he was a Gazan? They said, right, he's just not a fit lineage, and he needs to be of a fit lineage in order to, right, in order to testify. Because after all, let's say he's an Evid. So, in other words, as we've discussed already in the past, what are the things that can make you puzzle Aedis? You could be a Goslin. You could be a, right, you could be a Masachic Bekuvya. You could be a Karov, to, to, you know, a Nogeabedavar. Or you could be like an Evid. An Evid is puzzle. He can't be an Aid or a Dayan. Okay, so if that's, if that's the case, so then you're not really saying that he did anything wrong. You're just saying that he's puzzle Aedis for a different reason. So let's say they said Pekam Mishpacha. So that's what Rashi explains. He's an Evid. So you say, as Rashi explains, once you've right, once you've determined, in other words, let's say Barry and David are going to say that he's not right. Again, the case is that something was brought to question, and then Barry and David are coming to testify that that thing is not true. Okay, so if two Adam, let's say, came and said that that Andrew was an Evid, okay. And then Barry and uh, David go, and they seek out to prove that it's not the case. They get all the records together, and then they see, you see, he's not an Evid. There's no, there's no evidence that he's an Evid. The, those two Adam didn't say the right thing. So then, whereas if that, uh, a similar testimony about somebody else was uh, regarding a Gazlanos, so then that would be Trey or Trey, right? But when it comes to the lineage of a person, that is just, once you've discovered the evidence, once you've done the research, so then that is evidence. That's what Gile Milsa means. That's what Rashi explains. In other words, that's not really an edus. That is something that you could check. Once you check it, then the fact stands for themselves, okay? So in other words, a person's lineage is something that is something that you go to the records and you verify. So even if somebody brought up the question, you have 100 people say, uh, I don't know, Andrew looks like a schlepper to me. He, I, I'm sure he's an Evan. Once you check the records and you see that he's in fact royalty, so then the record stands for itself. This is not really something that's determined based on Adis. Okay, that's what it means. So in other words, then there'd be no question, right, about what the halacha should be. Of course they can restore him. And in fact, as Rashi explains, you should be able to restore them even if Barry and Andrew had already signed on it. Barry and Andrew have already signed on it. Don't forget the case that we're talking about is if they said that if they already signed on it, they're a puzzle because it looks bad for them because they have Nagias. Yeah, but they don't have Nagias, or the Nagias, I should say, wouldn't matter if it's a matter of lineage because it's not about Adis, it's not about your bias, it's just about the facts, right? And therefore, that can't be the case. So we can't be talking about a case of a dubious lineage. We must be talking about something that has to do with Adis. So we go back to saying it's a Goslin as follows. Right? What we're talking about is that what was brought to question is whether this Dayan was a, a thief. Well, if he was a thief, he's puzzled to aid us. But we said before that if he's a thief, if two people come 
and then it's tray or tray. So then why could that case work? So it says the Gemara, Vakamri Hani Adinan Bait, the Avad Teshuva, where it's not really a case of tray u tray. Tray u tray means two people say he's a goslin, two people say he didn't, he was not a thief. Well, we don't know who to believe, and therefore that would be thrown out. But let's say uh, two sets of Adam say he, we, he was a thief, and then the second set of Adam say, we know that he stole, but he has since done tshuva. If that's the case, so then you are not disagreeing with the first Adam. That's not tray or tray. You are giving a separate additive edus that despite the fact that he once stole, he has since done tshuva. And therefore you're not arguing. There's no tension between you and the first set of Adam. You're just giving further testimony. And that is what you're allowed to do, assuming you are credible and you haven't already signed the star. That's what it's talking about. And Rashi just points out, amazingly, when it says that he uh, was, that, that they, they said that he did tshuva, Rashi says three words, v'heshevesa I could talk about this for days. The idea of tshuva. He didn't just do tshuva in his heart, Andrew. When a person does tshuva, they have to change their ways. They have to try to mend and undo the wrong that they have done. And so tshuva means in your heart, but it also means you pragmatically, you practically also return the gzela. Otherwise, why would Rashi even say this? Of course, you would think that, of course, that's part of it. That it doesn't, he doesn't just feel bad, Barry. He feels bad and he returned it. That's your Gorano. It's Mr. Moment for now. Okay, Barry? That, that this would ever be shaykh to you, but you know what I mean. When people have, those who have to do tshuva, um, that's, what they, that's what they do. Okay. We're almost up, right? We're in the three weeks, and then after that comes the Yom Naraim. That's when we say to Barry, we're going to do tshuva, we'll meet you on the other side. All right. Four lines down on Chav Be'ez Amadalef. I'm Rabbi Zeira. This is where I was thinking to start, so thank, uh, thank uh, Birnbaum for the last 12 minutes. I'm Rabbi Zeira. Ha milsa mi Rabbi Abba Shmieli. This is what I learned originally from Rabbi Abba. Be love Rabbi Abba de Minako shachachta. Apparently, there's a different Rabbi Abba. If Rabbi Abba from from Akko had not reminded me, I would have forgotten it. But he reminded me, so I guess it's a Rabbi Abba from Akko reminded me what Rabbi Abba once taught me. What was that? The following. Right. So three men came, and they would be mekayim the star like dayanim. But sure enough, one of them died. Well. In other words, they adjudicated the case, right? They determined that the star was valid. And then they were about to sign, and just before they were about to sign, one of them died, right? There was a small window in there, and that's where he died. Like my mother, Zazayin Kazunt, often says, often there is a slip from the cup to the lip. Sometimes, just as you're about to do it, you've already determined there's a little bit of a slip. So that's what happened. Now, Meis Echad Mehem, so Tzrichen Lemichtov, so just because one of the Dayanim died doesn't mean that the star cannot be validated. It's just that, and again, the signing of the star as verification does not require three signatures. That's the Chiddush here. But rather, it can have two signatures as long as you indicate in your signing of this star of verification, as long as you indicate that we sat and adjudicated it with three. Right? So it's that part of the procedure that requires three uh, people. Okay. So that's what it means. So what do you write? You write, You're right, on the star. Don't worry. We adjudicated this over th- with three people over the verification of the star. Just happens to be one of us is no longer alive. So we too are signing on behalf of all three of us. We all looked at it together. Okay. Fine. So this way people will know, as Rashi explains, that in fact there was three. Otherwise it wouldn't be a properly verified star. 
So they have to know the three sat on it. Okay. Or Amar Vdachim Bar Yitzchak Ve'ikasov Bey Shtaradim Nun Nafak LeKadmana Beidina Tu Lotzarich. So Vdachim Bar Yitzchak says that all you have to write is Shtaradim Nun. This Shtar emerged before us the Bezdin. So Tu Lotzarich. You don't have to write anymore. Why? Because it's implied. Well, how many people are after all in a Bezdin? Three. So even though there's two signatures, somebody who would look at it would not have the misimpression. They would figure out that there must have been a third guy that was part of the right deliberation and for some reason he wasn't one of the signatories but that's okay. But the Gemara says that we don't like that um, that option because because there is such a thing as a Bezdin Chatzaf. Every once in a while you have two guys who think that they can adjudicate themselves without a third and yeah, in other words Shmuel held that two was enough to make a Bezdin Right? But it's called the Bezdin Chatzav. What's going on? Well, there was a Machlokas. And in that Machlokas, Shmuel was of the opinion that two should work, that a Bezdin doesn't need to have more people in theory than Aidim, but it's a Chutzpah. Because after all, right, if you have to decide something, you should have an unequal, an odd number of people, right? To, like, if you're so confident that you could be a Bezdin with the two of you, then that's a certain amount of chutzpah because it means that you, you both are so smart that for sure you're going to be like great minds think alike and you're going to come to a consensus and you don't need a third person to balance you out. So Shmuel says, okay, listen, it's going to be chal. It's going to work, but it's considered based in chutzpah. But the point is that we don't hold like Shmuel, right? And therefore, if we do not, we want to know if the Bezdin was a Bezdin chutzpah or not. So that's why we don't like Ravnachem Bar Yitzchak's suggestion. Because if all they say is the Bezdin, how do we know whether it's a Bezdin Chatzuf or not? We don't hold like Shmuel. If it's a Bezdin Chatzuf, then it won't, it won't be good enough to verify. So that we don't like. We don't, we're not willing to have them just write that this was in front of Bezdin. We want to know how many people were in this Bezdin. We paskin that we need three. That's how the Ritva explains this over here. So the Gemara says, Ashi. So just write, no, we're from the Bezdin of Ravashi's Yeshiva. That implies that it has three. As Rashi explains, that was how they used to write it in those days. Ravashi was, in the, name of, in the days of Rav Nachman he was the Rosh Yeshiva in Masa Machsia, which, by the way, if I ever open a Yeshiva, we're going to call it Masa Machsia. It's a cool name, right? Sounds Yeshivish. And so anyways, that was, Ravashi was the Rosh Yeshiva of Masa Machsia. And so therefore... And therefore, when you write, we wrote it from Bezin of Ravashi, it's assumed that's going to be three. However, the Gemara says, Well, maybe some of the Tamil Chachamim that were in the Yeshiva of Ravashi, maybe they held like a Shmuel, and therefore, is it really enough to say that it's from the Yeshiva of Ravashi? The Gemara says, no, the way you worded it is as follows. Yeah, this is with, under the authority of Ravashi. And Ravashi himself certainly did not hold like Shmuel. So once you write, we're from the Yeshiva of Ravashi, and this has the stempel of approval, right, of Ravashi. So then it's known already at that point that it's three. In other words, we need to indicate in some way in the star, just to summarize, that there are three people authenticated it. Um, and once that's indicated, so you don't actually need three signatures, a signature for each, from each of them, but two signatures is enough. All right, David, you ready to go on to the Mishnah? All right, we have authority from David. We have approval to go on. Says the next Mishnah. More cases of Pesha also Pesha Hitir. Aisha Sharma Aishas Isha Isiv Gushani. Woman shows up to town, nobody knows who she is. They say, Are you single, young lady? 
And we say, uh, well, I am. I mean, I was married, but now I'm divorced. Nehemiah, we believe her. This is the right mechanism that we're now very familiar with, which is she could have just said, yes, I'm single. We don't know who she is. But she volunteered the information that she happened to have been married, now she's divorced. She can't marry Cohen as a consequence. And therefore, she had, she is believed because her statement limited her in some way. And certainly her initial statement um, was limiting. And therefore, that which was made it limited and did not work in her favor adds credibility, enough credibility that we certainly believe her second statement, which is that she was divorced. However, as we said before, in the case of Yeah, but if that first statement that she was married is something that we already knew from Adim, so then her volunteering that information does not add any credibility because we already knew it, and therefore we don't believe her to say grusha ani, right? Because again, if a woman just says, if we know that she was divorced, so you, you need, right, in you always need to aid them. But like in all of these cases, if she's the only source, then she has enough credibility like to aid them because she's the only source. If she's not, then we do not believe her. Or similarly, it's a different case. When a woman is incarcerated in those days, it was very much assumed that she was violated by against her will. Doing so would make her also to a coin. Excuse me. So she says... You know what? Yes. So she shows up to town. Nobody knows that she was in jail. But she says, yes, I was captured or whatever. She, nobody knows she was captured. She said, yes, I was captured. Utahorani. But I was not violated. Turns out I was able to avoid that. So Nehemiah, we believe her, as Rashi points out, we believe her because it means that now if she wanted to, she could even marry a coin. You know, unlike the first woman, she can't marry a coin because of Mugureshes. As long as she was violated against her will, she can marry a coin. Meaning, not, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to say that. If, as long as, even she, if she was in, um, if she was captured, if she was not violated, then she's allowed to marry a coin. If she was, in fact, violated in jail, then even if it was against her will, she's not allowed to marry a coin. So it's her testimony that says, yes, I was captured. And then she says, but I was not violated at all. She is therefore allowed to marry a coin. However, people say, you know, this girl was once captured. And she says, yes, I was captured, but nothing happened. We don't believe her because she loses her credibility. She doesn't have the Pesha Aser. But what happens, the Mishnah now adds, if she comes and says, you know, uh, she volunteers the information. I was captured, but I, nothing happened. I remained to her. She marries a Kohen. Okay. And she's in the middle of eating a truma sandwich and Adam come and say, you know, she was captured. Says the Mishnah, So it is true that had they come forward before the chasana, they would not have let her get married because she loses her peshasa. But once she's married, she gets to stay. Okay? We're not going to undo that marriage. Now the Gemara says, Finally, we ask, where do we know about this peshasa or peshahitir? Is there a source for it in the Torah? We've been talking about Peshas or Peshitir through the Wazoo for five days, and we're going to get to the source. So we'll see. We're not really going to get to the source. So I'll give it away, Barry. I can't help it. It's a Svara. Okay? This is Rabbi Pinchas Grosschlit always talks about Lamali Kras, Svarahi. The power of Svara. Hashem giving us when there is an immutable, right, logic 
he wants us to use logic is something that Hashem gave us like along with the Torah. That if we have a svara that is as straightforward as one plus one is two, then we can rely on it rock solid, like Torah. Okay, that's amazing. Be that as it may, the Pasuk is going to be less impressive because it's hard to understand what this Pasuk means. The, the Gemara says like this, Where is Pesha also What's going on here? A Motsi Shemra. Crazy case. I don't know why anybody would do this, but uh, uh, somebody marries a woman and he's Motsi Shemra. He lies and says that she was not a Basula on the wedding night. What a nut job. Why is he lying? What is this going on? What's his agenda? I don't know. But the father is uh, obviously really disturbed. He comes out and in front of all the people, he says, I gave this woman to this man. And it was all in good faith. And she's a basula. And here, and then he unfolds the sheet. And he shows the dam basulim. And he says, I don't know what's going on. And the Gemara and the Mishnah, the Torah says uh, that, that they end up having to get married. The uh, guy who was Motsi Shamer has to pay a knas and he has to marry her forever. Um, okay, well, when the father said, So when he says, It's as if he's explaining, says the Gemara, Well, once he says, Before he says, So he's, all he's saying is that he married her off. Well, when, if she's married her off and, he, and the Chassan is not identified, so in that moment, she's nation's ish to everyone, and she's Aser. And then when he says Hazeh, he tira. When he says, no, but it, it was this man, so now she's mutter to this man. So when he says, it's she would be an Aser to this man. When he says Hazeh, she's mutter to the man. Okay, I mean, this is Pesha Aser, this is Pesha Hitir. Is anybody not believing him here? Like, is, is, is she, was she Aser before and mutter now? None of that really makes sense, so you have to figure out why that was a havamina, that would be the source. But be that as it may, the Gemara says, Lama Likra, I don't even need a source altogether. Svarahi. Who? Asrav, who? Sharila. He prohibited her, and therefore he permits her, right? His, his words would be enough to permit it. You don't need to parse the Pasuk. So now says the Gemara. So what do we need this Pasuk for? So Ravuna Marav said, Yeah. Where do we know that a father has the right to marry off his daughter altogether and to make her Asrman Torah and to say that she's married off and therefore everybody back off? Shanamar is beating Natatilaish. He learned that the, that he could say, I have already married off this woman, nobody else can marry her. That's what we learned from the Pasuk. Not Peshasa Peshiti, but this idea. So the Gemara then says, Okay, that's why you have it's beating Natatilaish, but Hazel Lamali, why do we need the word Hazes? Me Bailekani Rabiona. That we need for the teaching of Rabbi Yonah. The Tani Rabbi Yonah has beaten and attacked the Ish Hazeh, Hazeh v'lol Yavam. A fascinating idea. The last Rashi in Chafes and Aleph. Lol Yavam means like this: that if the Yavam was Motzi Shemra, right, that he's not, he doesn't get treated like a Motzi Shemra. Lionish b'mea kesef. He doesn't get the punishment of the mea kesef. Mind you, he's lying. Meaning, the Yav, even in the Yavam is lying too. If he does the same lie, he he claims that she's not right. In other words, a woman is mikudeshes to a man. Before an Nisuin happens, that man dies, and his brother does Yibum, okay? And he says, hey, she's not a Basula. Mind you, he's lying. He's a Motsi Shemra. <laughs> and so normally, if it was the original Chassan, he'd have a hundred shekel fine. The Yavam doesn't get the fine, okay? I guess, I don't know why. Uh, it's Xerosa Kosov. I guess because he's doing the brother a favor, Okay.
Six lines up from the wide. If a woman changes her tune, initially she says she's Aishas Ish. Then she says, you know what? No, I'm not. I'm single. So why? The Gemara says, We saw this already in Ksuvah Staff Tess. What was the case there? Remember? A guy says that, that his wife is not a basula. So normally... She would have to, she would lose her ksuba if that were not true. But we don't have any verification. So if he doesn't bring verification, we can say, you know what, she's also to you. Uh, 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 let me rephrase that. He, he, he sees that she's not a basula and he uh, accuses her of adultery. That's the case. So we don't have any verification of the adultery whatsoever. But if she was adulterous, chas v'shalom, then she's also to him. So we say, what's the din? She is usher to him, but he does, but he does still have to pay her ksuba. Why does he have to pay her ksuba? Because he has no verification that she did adultery. He has no evidence. Oh, so why is she usher to him? Because if, if he's willing to say that she was, right, that she was adulterous, so that on himself, he can bring the isser. But he can't impose that isser on her because he doesn't have any evidence. That's called So shouldn't that be the same case over here? This woman has already testified on herself, which is to say, in other words, when a person is making something also for themselves, they don't need edus. They don't need it to be um, verified like that. So, oh, so now once you're saying that you don't need right, full evidence to make something also for yourself, so this woman made something also for herself. She claimed that she was an Aishas Ish. So even though that wasn't full edus, right, it still should be enough to ask her. So why are we allowing her to get married when she changes the tune and says that she's Pnuya? Says Rava, I'm a Rava Baravuna, Kigon Shinasna Amasla Lidvareha. Amasla sounds like the word MS, right? It's a justification. In other words, she's justifying. This is not a case of Shavi Nafshel Khatikha Lisura because she's giving a justification for why she said what she said in the first place. Why she initially said that she was married. Why do you think a woman would say that she's married, Andrew? She's beating off the men with a stick. Get it? She's lying in order to avoid marrying bad dudes. And once she finds the right man, she says, I was just kidding. As follows. This is what says the Gemara. Tanya Namiyaki, the Bryce explicitly says this. Amra Aisha Sishani, because of Rama Ani, a woman says that I was Nasha Sishan, says I'm single, in a Nemenis, that normally you wouldn't believe her because Peshas, because However, but if she can explain to you why she initially said that she was married, then she is believed. And sure enough, a story to illustrate that. There was a woman, she was big and beautiful, and everybody wanted to marry her. And what did she say to all the suitors? I'm married, go away. Sure enough, she gets up one day and gets married herself. And meaning, she gets married. She decides she finds a man that she likes and she gets married. Who does this? Why did you do this? Why did you lie and say that you're married? She says, Yeah, I did it for a very good reason. The only way I could shake off those men was to tell them that it was Mikudeshis. Otherwise, they would just be all over. So, but now I found a good man, which is hard to find. And so, so I got up and got married. That's it. So we believe her. Good enough. And strong name of Acha 
this, the Lord of the, of the capital, he, or the Lord of the mansion, he said that in, in the city of Usha, right? he supported this idea that if the woman gives a reason, a justification for her initial untrue right claim, then we in fact do believe her. That sounds, that sounds believable. Okay, so Bamini Shmuel Meraf. So Shmuel wants to know, would the same apply to a woman when he, she tells her husband to mea ani and then changes her mind, right? He wants, she doesn't want to be with her husband. So she says to him, Amra Tmeani, Amanida. But then the next night, she decides she's not Anida. Amra Tahorani. She lied the first night. So Mahu, are we going to believe her when she says that she was never Tame? In other words, the second night she says, I was just kidding last night. I'm really not Anida. Do we have the law? Is it or is it Is that a good justification? So Amalai, so Rav answered Shmuel, Af Bezu, Imnasna Amasla Lidvarea Nemenes. So Rav told Shmuel that, guess what? It's not that different. Okay, you're married, but she's giving a justification that makes sense. She did not want to be with you last night, so she said that she was, in fact, Anita. But she's telling you now why she said it, because she just figured she didn't want to be with you. And now she's saying, I'm just, I was just kidding last night, but now I'm not Anita. It's, it's plausible, and therefore you can believe her. However, Shmuel reviewed this halacha in his head 40 times in order to really absorb it. But on himself, he was not so willing to do it. Meaning, apparently, as Rashi explains, this actually happened to him. Says Rashi. This happened to him. Yeah, but he didn't buy it. He says, you know what? Last night you said you were Nida. Now you wait the you may Nida and you go to the Mikvah. Why? So you could say, it, you know, it, it, there's an element here of a Dover Matirin, right? Like we learned in Beitza. Meaning she can go to the Mikvah. If a woman says that she's married that, and then she says that she's not married, that's like a zero-sum game. You're either married or you're not. But if a woman says that she's Tomei, Right, and then she says she's not tame. There's still a recourse, right? You don't have to treat her like she's tahor right away. You can say, you know what? You said you're tame. Why don't you go through the main need and, and, and go to the mikvah, and then we'll resume, right? In other words, the, because you have that option, Shmuel didn't want to play around with it. Or as Tosfos points out, maybe it's also a situation in Meiri. I think I saw this in the article note. Also says it's a situation where. Uh, if why would she use that language? She could give a different excuse. Shmuel was not comfortable. Once she said Tame, he wants her to purify herself. And though, even though the halacha, in theory, could be the same, because it's plausible that she said Tame and she wasn't really telling the truth, she had an agenda. But even though it's plausible, Shmuel didn't trust it. And he just treated her like she was Tame, and that is the... But Mi'ikar Din, it would be, the halacha would be like Rav, that she could be believed. Fine. Okay, next case. Tanur Rabban, Shnaim Omri Meis, Shnaim Omri Lomes. Okay, so this is talking about the woman's marital status. Two people said that her husband died, and two people said that he didn't die. We already saw this earlier in Yavamas Peches, when we learned that we're making a situation like this, right? We don't want Agunos. Anyway, we're not up to the Aguna yet, because remember, we said that one person is believed to say that her husband died. But here we have full Adis. Two say that he died, two people say that he didn't die. Or Shnaim Omim Niskarsha, Shnaim Omim Lo Niskarsha. 
Two people said she was divorced, and two people said she's not divorced. So again, we have a case of tray u tray here, both with death or divorce. Is this woman married or she's not? Well, we don't know. It's a perfect 50-50 proposition, and therefore she shouldn't get married. However, once she's married... Uh, so that so once she's married, she could stay. Not just there's no get. Well, oh, that's what Barry's saying. Barry's pointing out what kind of edus is this about Gerishin? Shouldn't she just produce the get? That's what you're asking, right? Obviously, there's no get. Barry's correct, right? She lost the get. Okay, we're going to see the case if we get to it today, where if it happened like five minutes, if she says I I got divorced today. In that case, if she doesn't produce a get, that's a problem, because that's a red flag. Good point. You, you anticipated what the Gemara will say later. You're ahead of, of Ravina Ravashi over here. Okay. But uh, let's see. Rav Nachemir Yossi holds. So again, the Tanakama holds. She gets to stay married. It's a 50-50 proposition. She gets to stay married. Right? She says the Gemara is going to have to address this. Why do we let her stay married? Uh, we don't know if she's an Ish. Shouldn't that be, like, shouldn't, wouldn't caution be the better part of valor or whatever the statement is? Shouldn't you be cautious? Okay. Rabbi Nachman Bar Yossi Omer Teitze. Yeah. He says she should go out. So I'm Rabbi Nachman Bar Yossi. Amos Aini Omer Teitze. When do I say she should go? She, she has to get out of the marriage. Bizman Shabbat Eden Bachakach Nisis. So this Teitze, would she require another get? I don't know. She has to leave. She can't stay in the marriage. What am I, what am I talking about? Well, that's only in the case where she got married after the Adam. In other words, if she got married under the assumption that her husband was dead, right? So that it's two very different cases as the Gemara will point out. Somebody tells, you, tells a woman that her husband's no longer alive, so she has to believe that also, right? She doesn't know. If some, but divorce, she would know. But be that as it may, let's talk about the case of two people saying that, she, that the husband was dead. So she gets married, off of that information, right? And then if the Adam come afterwards, then certainly she should be able to stay. Aval Nises, right? But, uh, but in the case where the Adam come before, and therefore she has reason to doubt whether he's dead, so then that's when Rav Menachem Bar Yossi says that she has to go out. So that's what he says. In other words, he would agree with the Tanakama. If she got married, think, uh, based off of the testimony of two Adam that her husband was dead, then certainly we're going to let her stay in the marriage. But if she got married already after the Adam came to contradict that testimony, so then we have to get out of that marriage because she got married in a situation where it was already in doubt. Says the Gemara, Mehdi, we're going to ask a kasha on the Tanakama. How do the Tanakama says, say that she could stay in the marriage? Treu treu You have exact 50-50 proposition. Two Adam say the husband's dead. Two Adam say the husband's alive. Habale abe talukai. Who's this guy who's married to a woman where you have tray tray, where you have conflicting evidence? He has to bring an Ashram Toloi, as Rashi explains. Ashram Toloi, again, four words, so economical. Ba'al Suffolk Kares, right? Anytime you have a pure Suffolk, 50 50 proposition on an Isra Kares, which would be that she's an Ashish Ish, you have to bring an Ashram Toloi. So what is this guy? He's living with her, and every time he lives with her, he brings an Ashram Toloi? That's impractical. That doesn't make any sense. So how is she married? Uh, on the, with the knowledge that there is a exact 50-50 proposition that she's a nation's ish. That can't happen. Says the Gemara, Wild. She's married to one of the Adim that said that the husband died. 
Rashi, amazing Rashi. Shamru Mace, Shain Asham Talo Elamisha Libo Nokfo. Vizay Omar Barili. Ah, facts care about your feelings when it comes to Asham Taloi. Because you only bring an Asham Taloi if your heart tells you that there's doubt. Well, guess what? This aid did not know. I mean, this aid saw, right? This is one of the Adam that saw that he died. That aid has no suffix. In his heart of hearts, he knows. Therefore, he does not have to bring an Asham Taloi. That's who the husband is. She married one of the, uh, of the witnesses that saw the death. Oh, well, if one of the witnesses, so he has no reason to bring an Asham Taloi because he's certain in his heart of hearts. To which Amar of Rosheshes could go on Shanisis Right. So the Gemara says, however, he guva Basham Kaima. Yeah, but she doesn't know, right? She wasn't there. And so in her heart, it should be a complete 50 50 split, says the Gemara. But Omeris Barili says, Rashi, she knows, right? Again, facts care about her feelings. Her heart tells her, Ainli be Nokfi. I'm in no doubt. Why? Shabarili Eloy Akayim Ayaba. my husband was still alive, he would what? Climb any mountain and swim any ocean, whatever, he would come here to be here, and therefore the fact that he's not here tells me with certainty that he's no longer alive, and therefore she has no doubt, and therefore she doesn't bring an Asham Tali, which is fascinating, right? Because of her emotional knowledge, right? She doesn't really have any knowledge. It could be that he's trying to get back, but be that as it may, no Asham Tali, and that is why we allow her to stay in the marriage if, in fact, she got married, right, um, uh, right, if in fact there's a tray or tray, which is amazing. Okay. Now, again, according to Menachem Berbiosi, it would only be if the doubt came about afterwards, right? All, but, but even according to him, if the doubt came about before, so again, even according to him, if the doubt became about afterwards, despite the doubt, she wouldn't have, neither of them would have to bring an Ashram Tolai if it's a case where both of them are certain that the husband was dead in their heart, even though the evidence indicated otherwise. That's amazing. 12 lines down. Amar Biochanan. He has a slightly different halacha. Shnaim Omri Mace, watch the difference. Shnaim Omri Mace, Shnaim Omri Lo Mace. So again, contradictory uh, testimony about whether he died. That's like the Tanakama. That she shouldn't get married. Bad idea. But if she got married already, she stays in the marriage. That's with regards to death. However, Shnaim Omri Minisgarsha, Shnaim Omri Lo So with regards to death, she stays in the marriage. But with regards to divorce, even if she gets married, she should not get married. If she gets married, get divorced again. We did not say that you could get married. Of that marriage, you have to get out of. Why? Why in the case of death do we let her stay in the marriage, but in the case of divorce, we do not? Says the Gemara. You're right. Death and marriage, death and divorce shouldn't matter. However, it does matter when you say Eid Echad. And this is where we get back to Yavama's Pechas. Because we said that what? One aid is enough to verify that a husband is dead, right? Because of the Aguna issue. Eid Echad, Oymer Mace, we said, right? So let's say one, the case is not two and two, but one and one, right? One, one aid says, I saw him die. One aid said, I didn't. Eid Echad, Oymer Mace, Imnur Rabban Kavei Trace. That's what we learned in Yavamas Pechas, that if one aid says that the husband died, we believe him like two aidim, Uchede Ula. And we're like Ula who say, Kol Makam Shemina Torah Eid Echad, Arekan Shnaim. Any place where you believe in Eid Echad, for example, when you have one person testifying that the husband died, we believe him and he has the strength of two Eidim. Ah, so now one Eid said he died. One Eid said he didn't die. Well, we have a special dispensation with regards to an Eid that says the husband died that we believe him like two Eidim. We don't have such dispensation by saying that the husband is still alive. 
turns out it's two against one, right? Right? So if you hold like Ula, the first aid that said that he died has the power of two. It's two against one, therefore, even though it's just one against one physically, halachically, it's two against one. And therefore, that's why we believe and she could, that the husband died, she could stay in the marriage. So says the Gemara, So why does it say, She could get married. It's two Adam that says that he died. Let her get married. In fact, that's how we paskin. So the Gemara says, no. This is the Pasuk in Mishlei that we quoted in Yavamas Chavdala that says, you should remove distortion from your mouth and you should distance perversity from, uh, from yourself, which is to say, don't be the subject of hak, right? Don't be what people talk about uh, when they say Lashon Hara at Shabbos lunch, right? You should avoid unsavory behavior. So there is a controversy about whether this husband is alive or dead. So it's two against one. Technically, you could get married, but better not. That's what I mean, loti nase. Uh, it's the better suggestion, an eitzah, not to do it because you don't want people to start talking about you and your lineage and for your whole family to be under question. Okay, seifa. So what about the seifa? Wait a minute. Even though you need two, there's a pesha also. Uh, there's a pesha also here. The point is, forget about that. If one aide says that she was that she got divorced, and then one aide said, if that's how we're interpreting Rabbi Yochanan, that she didn't get divorced, then both of them are actually right testifying about a married woman, which is to say, both of those aidim are conceding that she was married, right? So that's a two against one. If there ever was one, in other words. One say she's divorced, one say she's not. But they both concede that at one point she was married. So that makes the most sense. In other words, of course we don't believe the, the guy who says that she was, right, that, that, she, um, that she was not divorced. Uh, right. Of course we don't believe the guy who said that she was divorced because he's just an Eid Echad. But they're both testifying together that she was married prior. Oh. So it's two against one, and therefore it's as if she's still an anxious issue, and that's why we don't believe that. So that is how we explain Rabbi Yochanan that it's one and one. However, Rava Amar, La'olam you could even actually explain Rabbi Yochanan when it's Trey or Trey. So then why would he say in the case of death that he's allowing her to stay in the marriage, in the case of divorce he's not allowing her to stay in the marriage? Because he saw what Rabbi Nachman Bar Yossi, remember, Rabbi Nachman Bar Yossi said, Tete, right? Unlike the Tanakhama, Rabbi Nachman Bar Yossi said, don't stay in the marriage. So that made sense to Rabbi Yochanan, but only with respect to Gerishin, not with respect to Misa. Why so? Right? Why did he see, like Rabbi Nachman Bar Yossi, with Gerishin, that she has to get out of the marriage, but like the Tanakhama, that she could stay in the marriage with Misa? As follows, my time. Misa, in other words, uh, it, where is she more likely to lie? Well, with Gershon, she's likely to, more likely to lie. Why? Because if she lies, okay, that's what it means. If the woman says, I know in my heart of hearts that he's dead, and therefore I'm allowed to remarry, and then the husband shows up, she's not going to say, yeah, but still, I know that he's dead. Like, right, the, 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 gig, the jig is up, right? We know there's no arguing the husband walking back alive. You can't undo that. But if she says, no, I got divorced, 
the husband could show up and say they didn't divorce as much as he want. It becomes he said, she said. She is just going to lie, right? So that's why with Gershon, she's more likely to lie, and therefore, don't, we, even if she gets married, we don't believe her, get out of here. But with Misa, she has more credibility, and therefore, her certainty is going to allow her to, to stay. That's what Rava's analysis. Says the Gemara, Michasifa Kulai, she's going to stare her husband in the face and say that she's Megureshis, even though she wasn't. Would she have the chutzpah to do so? The Amar of Nuna, Isha Shamar Labala, Gerashtani, Nehmenes, Chazaka ain't Isha Meiza Panea Bifne Bala. That in fact, we believe her, just like we believe her by Misa, because a woman would not be so Machutzaf to say in front of her husband that she's divorced when she knows full well that she wasn't. So says the Gemara, no, Hani, Mila Hecha, the Lake Aidim, the Kamisaile. Yeah. We don't think she'll have the chutzpah in the absence of Edom. But what we have our case of Rabbi Yochanan? Two Edom. With two Edom, she's going to go and claim that she was divorced all day long because she's got these two Edom backing her up and therefore requires less gumption to make the claim that she had been divorced. Or, so, that's, so now we have so far two explanations of Rabbi Yochanan. The first is it's one and one. And we explain the difference between why one aid would be enough Right, for the Misa, but not for the Gerishin. Or it's Trey or Trey, right? But it is Rabbi Yochanan that's saying, we hold like we're not going to be Rabbi Yossi in one, but not the other, because she would be Meiz, more likely to, die, to a lie in the case of Gerishin. Now a third explanation. Ravasi Yomar like this. This is what Barry said. That they said, the case was that they said, the husband just died, or the husband just divorced her. So Misa, Leka Levura. So death, there's no way to determine the time of death or, 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 if it, or whether it happened because the guy's gone. But Gershin, Ika Levura, if she really just got divorced, so then she should have a get in her hand, says Barry. If you just got divorced, where's the get? Therefore, if she can't produce the get, that's the red flag, right? And that's why we believe her by Misa, but we don't believe her by Gershin. Now three lines up on the bottom. Okay, a different case where two people said she was married, two people said she wasn't. So again, we say she shouldn't get married, not a good idea. But if she gets married, she shouldn't, she could stay in the marriage. Second case. Wait, so that's the second case where we say, so that's what we said before. If they say she got married, that's one thing. But if both of them are saying that she got divorced, if there's an argument of whether she got divorced, then they're actually all conceding that she got married. So maybe if they're all conceding that she got married, she should be able to go out. What would be the difference between the first and the second case? Don't you all want to know? And for that, stay tuned. Tomorrow, as we arrive, finally, uh, at uh, 535 tomorrow, B'nai Jacob, Share Zion.